This is Zaldor's World Episode 514, Special Interview with 8mm. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Zaldor's World. This is episode number 514, a special interview I did with my friends from 8mm, which was Juliet and Sean Bevan. We did a live broadcast, my very first live on Facebook, and you can also catch this on YouTube if you want to check out my YouTube channel. I'll link that at zaldor.com. But uh, it was a great interview and uh, really good inter- good talk to them. They did a couple songs live on the show, which uh, you'll never hear anywhere else except they're live, basically from their house in California. So check it out. Here is Zaldor's World Live with 8mm. So yeah, it's great to finally talk to you guys. It's been a while since I've talked to you. Ten, ten years. Ten years Jeez. since I talked to you guys. I, that's crazy. That was uh, 2000, 2010, almost to the, to the month. I think it was August 2010 when I had you guys on the last of my show. Way back right. when, that was yeah. Like for Love and the Apocalypse, maybe like when we did. Yeah, it was for that one for Love and Apocalypse. Yeah. I think it was. Yep. Yeah. Yep. When that one came out, one for that. But uh, I first played you guys the music from from Eight Millimeter back in two thousand five. My episode number thirty two. Oh That's yeah. Wow. Nothing left to lose on that. On that, it was on an episode that I was recording. Me and my friend were going to see the Batman movie. I mean, if that takes you way back when that was Batman, the very first Batman, the. Uh, the Batman Beyond or the Dark one, not not the Dark Knight one. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So That's yeah. Been a minute. <laughs> it's, been a minute yeah. it's true with you guys, and I really enjoy it. It's crazy. I've known of you guys since 2005, and uh, it's just been an incredible ride since then. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, first saw you guys live back in 2006 when you guys did an incredible show with uh, all those different industrial music slash uh, trip hop bands. I guess you could say. I don't know what maybe uh, Kaya. Oh, that's right in Chicago, right? No, no, in Detroit, right? In Detroit. Oh, yeah. Pontiac. It was Clutch Cargos. That was a really that fun the, yeah, was that the one in the old church? Yes. Or was it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was a cool place. Yeah, that was, that was scary, a cool place. It was the cool. Whole cool. The whole night was cool because they had like yeah. eight bands. They were all playing together. And it was just, yeah. I think I interviewed almost all of them except for one. I think it was one I did an interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, it was like such a great vibe in the place, you know, and like such a cool looking space. Yeah. yeah, perfect for the music that was there. They eventually turned it back into a church too. I think it was a church um, six or seven years ago. Turned back into a church. Well, you know, churches make more money, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah, they can afford that upkeep. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of great. It was like walking into a '90s industrial movie because it was like it looked like an abandoned church on the outside. The parking lot was super scary. And like, are we at the right place? And then you realize everybody was just inside. Then you go in and it was the lights and black. And yeah, I think that was cool. the first time we realized that the future was the 90s. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> every movie, Everything has been when behind. it's the future, everyone dresses like it's the 90s. It's, <laughs> so there it is. In the future, it's the 90s. It's the 90s, right. Lots of but your, your, your live shows are incredible. I enjoyed them back oh, then. Thank you. I oh, came to you. Detroit the second time. I saw you guys at a, a club downriver that I had you guys it kind of mm-hmm. got you guys into there, and it was a really yep. great show. Everybody, everybody from a couple weeks after that show were saying, "Boy, eight millimeter was great." I'm glad you guys, glad you got them in there. So, oh, nice, they had a yeah, good time. Was, I mean, it was it was fun. That was a, that was a fun tour. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I always thought your music was very infectious, sultry, hypnotic at times. Um, memorable, of course. And uh, they they the music your music and songs can be like they were in a Bond movie. I think I've said that to you guys before. Just like James Bond, movie. I'm surprised their movie music has not been in a James Bond movie. To be honest with you, because you're us too. Us too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> are listening. If they're listening, yeah. Yeah, definitely. She, uh, she was like Barbara was cool enough to let us uh, record. Uh, Nobody does it better because you kind of have to ask permission and stuff, and it was mm-hmm. really cool because we got that on the. Um, on the official Mr. soundtrack for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. So, you know, it was adjacent. Yeah, that's kind of Bond adjacent. So. Yeah, and that was a you good know, Bond with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt right. on the movie right. where they got together, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, so that's pretty good. I like to take credit for that. Yeah, it was our song. They, just, they, saw, they heard our song, and then it just kind of all fell together for them. It was our fault or congratulations. I don't know whether. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> exactly. I think they had fun. <laughs> exactly. I think they, it, they probably heard your voice, Juliet, which is yeah. incredible. And that's what they sold it right uh-huh. there. They said, oh, you got to get them because that Juliet's exactly. voice is incredible. And, and then. And Sean, listen to Juliet, we should bang. <laughs> <laughs> most people do listen to. But without Sean's playing that plays along with your song, it wouldn't be a good match. You don't have to tell him that. 
exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's really got enough confidence. <laughs> as it is. Yeah, I don't really need it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> but you have a great voice. So. Your album Shaped Hell came out in 2019, which is over a year ago. And then you guys are that was actually that wasn't album was an EP. It was an incredible yes. EP. Yeah, yeah. I uh, enjoyed that one. Um, Super Crush is one of my favorite songs off that album, as well as Bring, oh, Bring yeah. It On. Self-inflicted heart, heartache, and as well as the title heart, title track is a great song as well. Oh, cool. Thanks. I, I'm yeah, looking forward had a great time to new, another EP with new stuff. I mean, I'm looking forward to the one that's coming out tomorrow as well, which you guys are going to talk about, of course. But I'm always look, looking for new stuff, too. So maybe there might be some new stuff on that new album, on that album EP tomorrow. Uh, Sort of. Well, I'll back up for a second, though, um, because you brought up Bring It On. Actually, so two things, and we just found this out today, two things are coming out tomorrow. And um, Bring It On, in the form that it was on the EP, is going to be on a compilation that our um, booking agent, our our licensing agents, put together, Bank Robber Music. They wrote and they said, hey, we're putting together... um, a compilation of a bunch of different artists that are on the roster and which is an, it's an incredible thing i'll post links for it it's going to be on Bandcamp, and all proceeds go to um black visions in minneapolis and so bring it on will be on that and i can i'll send i'll get the, he, they literally just sent it to me <laughs> like 30 minutes ago but that comes out on Bandcamp tomorrow and all proceeds are going to um benefit black lives matter and in particular i think these are going to um black visions which is that cool artist collective um in minneapolis in particular so that we're super proud of yeah and then tomorrow then also tomorrow i'm like tomorrow tomorrow the other tomorrow um uh, stripped is the new ep but it's um acoustic versions of eight millimeter songs so you'll hear them though they're new in that you haven't heard a lot of these in this way yeah right so, so some you'll know because you've been with us so long <laughs> but for a lot of people they will be new like um we and if you it's came, from all all from the first record all the way yeah never enough is on it you yeah. mentioned that so that done with just acoustic guitar and vocal uh opener that you heard and then some i feel like uh love in the apocalypse uh we really want to highlight some of those songs so there's a couple from there and yep. what else is on there honey um that's, that's it. That, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But it, we we did we put that one out in, in the idea of like with COVID and um, everybody being home and it just made sense to sort of do something intimate, you know, a little stripped down and right. uh, a little personal, you know. I mean, I almost just wore a t-shirt, but then I thought I gotta have a little sparkle because <laughs> <laughs> we have been home for a hundred days or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah I, I've been home. I've been working from home since March 13th. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, about yeah. the time. Uh, yeah, I was um, shooting a movie with a friend. I think that was the last day. Um, Sarah Carter is an amazing actress and director, and she was doing this really cool movie, which I think they managed to squeak out, like managed to shoot everything before the full lockdown because I saw that she'd posted they were editing. And it was, I think the last day I was on set, we were kind of like, are we going to get to keep going or not? So I'm really glad it looks like they got it all done because it was a very, very cool movie. What's the name of that movie? Uh, His Wake. His Wake. And you're, and you're in it? Yes. I have a little part, but it's a fun part. part. Okay. It was described. Yeah. She plays a haughty. Uh... Um, like an art gallery director, you know, so <laughs> be kind of weird and standoffish, which is super fun. She kind of was like, you know, like a Tilda Swinton. I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Anytime yeah. you can be like Tilda yeah, Swinton. Yeah, says Tilda you Swinton. You know what? Like, be like Tilda Swinton. Always be like Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Except I'm kind of Southern, so it's like it's a Southern Tilda Swinton. <laughs> so maybe I just say, bless your heart, a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the last time out in the world, really. Yeah. Yeah, we've been in a house for a long time. I've been working like crazy, so it's like we're constantly doing and we just we're, we started on a movie yesterday. So we're scoring a movie. Nice. So, um, but that's I'm in the middle of mixing for a bunch of bands, and it's, so it's been it's been productive. Like, yeah, you've you've done a lot of mixing for a lot of bands that I've been fans with. Um, one of the ones that I found out because of you was uh, Three Teeth. That was more more recent oh, yeah. ones yeah. I, because you you posted on Twitter about it, and I'm like, this sounds like a cool band. I checked them out. I'm like, wow, these are good. And then like oh, yeah. I found out that they're coming to Detroit like two weeks later, and unfortunately, I didn't make it. But oh. I. 
I heard it was a great show that I wish yeah, I had. They are amazing live. Yeah. yeah like Lex is Lex is like a, you know, just a great front man, like kind of like old school, amazing front man. You can't take your eyes off of him and an incredibly smart, articulate guy, like just really cool. Great to work with. The band's amazing. Yeah. And the, the show that I missed that I wish I had gone was a really small venue, Smalls in uh, Hamtramck. Uh, so it would have been really cool to see in there. And I, I had some oh, yeah. friends of mine that saw it and said it was a great show. And then they played on a couple months. So six months later, they played at St. Andrews in Michigan. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. they played there and it wasn't, it was not bigger. So I think it, and they were also opening up, I think they were like the, the first or the second band on of a three or four band set. So yeah, it yeah. Was, yeah, I know they were out I think it was Ghost Main, right? Ghost Main or Ghost Main. Yeah, yeah, Ghost Main, yeah. yeah it was Ghost that was a cool tour. I mean, they'll be back out because they had to cut this one short because of COVID and everything shut down. But they were right Begin, about to begin another leg yeah. of a pretty big one. Okay, so, so hopefully luckily, the fall will, they'll be able to get back. Yeah, fall or spring, but you know. Because yeah. they're in the I middle highly, of a, yeah. a, a world tour, really. Yeah, so. I highly recommend seeing them live. They were. Yeah, cool. I want to. I want to really bad. <laughs> they look really cool from when I, the stuff I saw that when, when Sean told me about them. Yeah, really cool. I think they're the tallest band in the they world. They are collectively <laughs> very tall. <laughs> so if you interview them or anything in person. Like, like, <laughs> I are... think the, the smallest guy is like 6'4". <laughs> <laughs> but you, you interviewed, of course, way back when, Nine Inch Nails, Guns N' Roses, Marilyn Manson, Couple bands that I didn't realize and I wish I'd known about when I first met you was you interviewed one of my one of my older favorite bands, God Lives Underwater. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a fan of them for a long time, and then oh, one yeah. that I found out about four, three or four years ago, Shining. I didn't know you yes. had any of their stuff too, and that's really what turned me on to Shining was that they sound a lot like Nine Inch Nails, and I, I really was like, wow, these guys sound like Nine Inch Nails, and it's <laughs> me into them. Yeah, it's it's got that vibe, but the it's a little more player oriented too yeah and he's the one of the best sax players in the world like the sax players incredible. so they're they're a great band yeah like i love wow them. yeah he's he's one of the best i've ever heard yeah he reminds me of like uh john coltrane and ornette coleman i just like had a nordic screen. stepchild <laughs> yeah I and mean, you should look up um i think sean started with him around black jazz so everything and everything from black jazz up he collaborated with them on it. And Jurgen, we spent two, two Decembers in Oslo that were gorgeous. So, you know, that was amazing. But I highly recommend do it, going down the YouTube rabbit hole on Shining because it gives you that very, um, an idea of how, who, who Jurgen is as a person and, and that the kind of crazy precise brain. At, sorry, <laughs> that's our dog playing with. She wants to put in her squeaky toys. Um, she, she feels ignored. She's really the best looking of all of us, so we should have her on camera. But um, I, go down the, rap, the YouTube rabbit hole on Shining. Um, okay. I think, first of all, there, there's a live performance at, at Troll Tunga. Oh. It's that if you're afraid of heights at all, the fact that they're literally really there playing is terrifying, it's like and it's 2, amazing. Two thousand feet. That video is that on the top, like a top of the mountain where you had to go. Like yes, and, and it's like it, troll tongue means troll tongue, right? So it's just like that little rock sticking out, and they're it's just, just out jutting there. out. I think I did see some of that video because I was watching. And they're uh, tomorrow. They're doing. Oh, I think they're actually doing like a live concert that you can buy tickets for, and they've got light. It's a cool thing. They're broadcasting from a um, heavy water plant. That it's obviously not a heavy water plant anymore, but it was yeah. when they used to make the heavy water for nuclear power plants. Huh. Um, but that's so. Check. Yeah, I would go. They're doing a lot of fun stuff right now, and he's always so ingenuitive. But I think find the television performance where they're on like a daytime it's basically sort of a nordic version of you know good day america type thing <laughs> and it's insanity and it's like i love that that's daytime television oh, yeah for norway it's amazing but just the precision of all the players and the the dexterity and this talent it's just awesome to watch it makes me giggle it's so ridiculous yeah they're so good we see we've seen them alive several times i actually did a tour with them then they played with uh dillinger escape plan um okay. opening through the states and i did did the tour with them mixing and it was just a blast we ended up in mexico and it was like a huge show and the band wow. was just slaying it was there they they you know it was incredible yeah incredible. wow so if you have a question yeah, there was a couple of questions I was going to get to. People... You want to do? Okay, oh, sorry. I just I'm, I was like, should I talk to anybody? No. See, she's checking her phone too much. Oh, look, yeah. I know I'm going to get yelled at for checking my phone. But no. um... look at your phone. Everyone in the chat has a couple of questions. Um, of course, Ronald Mark, which is a good friend of mine as well, and he he he. If it wasn't for 
you guys, I wouldn't have known Ronald. And he and I have hung out a couple times since then, since we first saw each other. And he's a really cool guy. But he was saying on the 3, 3T show, it was awesome and at Smalls, what he saw it at. And then uh, another friend of mine, James, which I've known a long time, and I've actually played a Shining song on one of his podcasts a couple years ago. And okay. he wanted to know what your first concert and last concert were. Wow. My first concert, um, like big, I mean, I'm from New Orleans, so I've seen live music all, you know, forever since birth. But the first like proper concert, you know, that was big was Rush at the, you know, Lakefront Arena for my 16th birthday. And it was mind blowing. My birthday always falls around uh, Mardi Gras. So, you know, you've got these three Canadians and they, you know, they've, they've been around the block in a fast car so that, you know, they, they kind of understand get what New Orleans is like during Mardi Gras season, except, you know, it, first of all, they're flawless. They're, you know, just impossibly good. And it was just, just so, um, it left a, an amazing impression on me. But at one point, you know, everybody's throwing Mardi Gras beads and doubloons at them and, you know, underwear and bras and pants, you know, just panties are going everywhere. And at one point, you know, Getty's got this pair of lacy panties hanging off the headstock of his face and he's trying to like, you know, cause they might be worn, you know, probably, oddly, you know, odds it's are. New Orleans, odds are they just took them right off. So, you know, so he's like trying to like shake it off like kind of awkwardly and it's not going very well. So after they finish that song, he go, he's like, okay, we really appreciate, you know, your enthusiasm and the love coming from the audience. But if you guys could calm down a little bit. <laughs> So my first show, Rush told the audience to calm down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> though. We just we just basically stopped throwing stuff, but you know, that's pretty great. I think that's kind of a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. What about Sean? What was your first concert? You remember? My very first concert was at Blossom Music Center in Cleveland, and it was uh, Shanana. Really? <laughs> the '50s band Bowser. Yeah, and they were <laughs> incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. With yeah. Bowser and then, and uh, of course, the dip, 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 whatever. <laughs> yeah. I think it was yeah. in like, I think it was in probably seventh grade, sixth grade, something like that, seventh grade. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was cool. So, they were great. Yeah. Yeah. So then what would be your last concert you guys have seen recently, either separately or together? Yeah. So that would have been us together. Um,. What was the last thing we went to? Oh, oh. It wasn't that long ago. It was no. It was in December. Yes. Right? Um. I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> That's either it. It just it's all all the days are blurred together, or it's tequila. I don't know which. But um, what would be one of your your favorite recent shows? In, I mean, we did go see Three Teeth. Oh, we, oh, you know what? Let's. This oh, wasn't the last that. show, but I'm gonna say one that was um, extremely moving and beautiful would be the Gary Newman show. Yes, we mm. we saw that when Gary was doing the three records, replicas and and Telecon, Pleasure right? Principle and Telecon. And Telecon for me is like, yeah, that's my record. You know what I mean? Like, like I love that record. And we went and, oh my God, he was, he was incredible as was I speak machine. Yes. Hey um, Tara. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I mean, they were, they were great. Like the whole show is incredible. And I, I'm like crying my eyes out, you know, for like, please push no more is playing because he played it in the entire, in entirety. And like, there's another guy like my age turned around and looked at me and he's crying. Too. <laughs> it's like, somebody's like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It was, it was so beautiful. And Tara Graham ballroom is such a great venue in LA that it's just this light and sound. They just really got it down. So it was just this incredible, um, environment. And then, there's also something special. I really like the trend of people playing a record or something, a seminal record from beginning to end, like in order, because it just kind of takes you back to the moment when you fell in love with it, when you first experienced it. Um, and I, I just, I wasn't familiar with it because I was a little small when that came out. <laughs> but uh, it was, I immediately bought the record after that and was, and have listened to it over and over again. I just think it's a stunning yeah, and his, God, what he did in the arrangements live, just incredible. Like, the band was incredible. Like, they were so good. And Gary himself is just, it's funny, I've seen him over the course of his career many, many times. I, probably the first time I saw him 
was on the I Assassin tour in like 82. And that was the first time I saw Pino Palladino play too. And it was like, I immediately went out and bought a fretless bass and like played fretless bass for the rest of my life. Right? Mm -hmm. But uh, like, it was an incredible, incredible show. And, and seeing like, like how, um, just kind of how joyful he is, like like where, what where he's gone from this kind of like kind of paranoid isolationist, like to this guy that's just happy on stage, like and and really gets into the songs and he's like really in, he's like fully in himself and in the music. It's so nice to see. Yeah. You know, it was it was joyful. Like yeah, really very cool, very cool. I I actually met. Gary Newman one time when a friend of mine was doing an interview with him and he and I went on this bus or whatever after the show and, and I was sitting there next to him and I was just in awe watching my friend interview Gary Newman right in front of me. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's really he nice. awesome. Yeah. They, that's uh, I had the experience of, um, we went to see garbage at, um, the Greek, the Greek theater, um, which was a great show, which also. was a great show. And our manager was garbage's manager for a long time. And so she wanted us to meet, butch and you know Shirley and everybody yeah, and steve and and so we just we were hanging out backstage and while the band was getting ready to come back to kind of meet everybody um i just happened to bump into gary and we just started talking and it was about two hours later they, it was like um like you know two computers connecting and just like i have, I have a picture of it and it's just one of my favorite pictures of sean and they almost look like brothers because they're both like grinning ear to ear it was like hey come here and they both just yeah, I we, met somebody we had like such me. A good time. Like, it was really fun. Yeah, it was a fun conversation. So, wow. Yeah. So, do you guys want to take a, a break and possibly convince you to do a song or so? Or so? Yeah, yeah. Be a, sure. you know, take yeah, a, we can do, a, do a song break. And I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody in the, and I think my friend James is also saying uh, you have such a lovely voice. And what are some of your influences, particular voice influences? So maybe you can see uh, your voice and. I've always been, you know, I'm, I'm a 90s girl, but, you know, I, I'll i say early influences would be, you know, like Tori Amos and uh, later Amy Mann. I like Till Tuesday, but I liked her better and like as she progressed, like Magnolia stuff. But uh, Fiona Apple and uh, there was somebody else who just like out of my brain. Oh, my God. Speaking of Fiona Apple, I haven't heard her new, new album yet. Have you heard it yet? I have, I have. I, I'm so glad she yeah. made it. I think there's some like, I think it's the most quintessentially her. Oh, Bjork. That's who I was going to say. Bjork. Because um, I feel like all three of those singers are very um, emotional singers. You know, I think they, they kind of just leave it all out there on the floor. There's no holding back anything. Um, Tori's probably the most um, contained of those. But even still, like when she lets go, it's it's for real there's no hiding you know yeah, behind she's too much explosive. artifice and I, and I just really appreciate that and I think uh -huh. um, Fiona really got to stretch that on, on the on the new record and so that's cool oh, I mean I love I think I want to check it out I think you should it's it's interesting you know and it's just it's really cool um I gotta say we'll do this but I gotta say I think um Billie Eilish's facility is incredible I, I think you know for her we're, ability we're fans yeah, yeah to oh. emote and you know move around with her voice and, and it's just cool so yeah i hope that answers <laughs> <laughs> all right so this is we're gonna do an acoustic version of uh self-inflicted heartache awesome good yeah Oh, 
sing along with that whole thing of course <laughs> love that song and your voice on that is incredible and uh oh, thank you especially when you say i'm a fucking earthquake that's my favorite line of course yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> yeah we were happy when we were at that line. <laughs> <laughs> so another question yeah. in the chat from uh, ronald is uh saying sean if you could if there's one artist or group that you could love to work with that you haven't worked with before who would that be um that's an interesting question. Um, it's funny because I, I never think about like I never think in those terms really. It's kind of I I always um, it's like I love I kind of the next person I work with is going to be the one that like I I because I like the challenge of you you meet with someone you get in, into their head you know what I mean and and then you create something like kind of magical and you help them kind of express right. themselves and stuff like so i you know i mean because you know i would have liked to work with bowie you know what i mean like i, I would have i you know what i mean I, like we toured together and um and he was awesome like super nice guy and i always liked i always liked the avant-garde nature of like how he approached stuff so i love working with people like that the people that are kind of they have a very strong vision and then you kind of help them get to where they want to be. That's what, one of the things I loved about working with Jurgen from Shining. And for me, kind of like that, Jurgen was one of those ones where you go like, fuck, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity working with a guy like this, you know? An incredible musician in all ways, so far beyond like my scope. You know what I mean? Like, like he hears things I can't even hear, you know? <laughs> but, um, it's in Norwegian, that's why. <laughs> Well, it's not really. He sings in, he sings in English. He's, his, he his English is better than mine, really. But uh, he um, he just has a uh, just an incredible musical mind, and uh, and he had a, a true vision of what he wanted to accomplish. And and the things that I'm really good at were the things that he needed. You know what I mean? And uh, like helping him go from writing these nine and a half minute long opuses, you know, these crazy journeys musically to something kind of clear and concise in three minutes, 
you know, and that's that's been his journey, you know. And uh, like on the last record, Animal, we were able to do a record that he, because he really wanted to be able to bring like do music that appeals to a broad range of people, you know what I mean, and and get himself to that place because he'd done practically everything else, you know. So it was really really fun. Like so, I. I like to work with artists who have a vision, you know what I mean, and aren't aren't trying to be someone else. They're trying to be themselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> it, 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 expanding upon that question, though, is is anybody that who is not no longer living like Bowie, other than Bowie, oh, yeah. you would like to work with? That you uh, have worked with, like Prince, for example. Or? Yeah, yeah. I I would have really liked to work with Kraftwerk. Um, and Ultravox. Yeah. Like, I love Ultravox. Um, funny, but I mean, because there's so, but there's so many great artists, you know what I mean? Like, in all genres, you know? Like, I mean, as a kid, I loved uh, Jethro Tull. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, crazy like that. And, and um, like, I would love to work with Phineas, you know what I mean? Like, Billy Eilish's brother. Like, He's alive. Don't yeah, worry. We're not, we're not doing a fake You mentioned Jethro Tull. One thing I didn't know until I was reading up some stuff that you worked with uh, Humble Pie way back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I played, played bass for them and mixed a couple songs for them and did a live record with Speaking them. Speaking of YouTube rabbit hole, go down that one to see if you can find Sean Bevan playing bass shirtless in the 80s <laughs> festivals. <laughs> There's some video of him shirtless in the 80s from back then? Wow. Flowing, playing with Humble Pie live. It's like an outdoor festival and he's, you know, flowing locks and... Well, he's not really shirt. It's like an 80s cut-up shirt, so it's, yeah, it's close enough. There's barely any shirt there. It's, it's I should, shirt what I should have been is I should have been greased up and playing saxophone. Right, right? Yeah, and then, you know, vampire... No, that's, that's a whole other fantasy of mine. That's fine. But it was, uh, you know, and, and those guys were awesome. And when, when I was touring with them, it was kind of like a... It was like the dinosaur rock tour, you know what I mean? Like I was the young guy, you know, and they were teaching me everything about the ropes on being on the road. And I was in between tours with Nine Inch Nails. And uh, it was an amazing experience because um, it was Jerry Shirley, the drummer, the original drummer from Humble Pie, and Wally Stocker, the guitar player, lead guitar player from The Babies and Air Supply. You know what I mean? Wow. And Charlie Hoon from uh, Ted Nugent's Double Live Gonzo, like, like amazing singer. <laughs> Wow. And those guys taught me so much about what not to do. You know what I mean? Like things you're not supposed to do. And um, I was able to bring those to Nine Inch Nails so that we didn't make some of those rookie mistakes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like Trent kept his uh, T-shirt merch. You know what I mean? Like, and so that was able to pay for tours when he wasn't getting support from the labels. And like, there were all kinds of things that were just like, oh, be smart. You know, right, right. And it was it was an incredible school, man, and and great guys and amazing players, and you know, and God, you know, I mean, that Humble Pie live at the Fillmore is probably the greatest live rock record of all time. Like, I mean, what a moment captured. You were on that one? No, no, no. I that was like nineteen sixty nine or seventy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was jumping. That record is unbelievable like if you go back and if you want to listen to a great rock record that kind of it's like a precursor of like like an appetite for destruction kind of record where it's like you just feel the intensity and the danger and it's like it could all be a train wreck and it just ends up brilliant you know what i mean it's really cool wow wow so um one of the things that Jan Williams, sorry. <laughs> Hi, Jan. Hi, Heather. Hi, Shalise. One, right. one of the things that that uh, over, so I'm not gonna like do it on the phone, but I'll wave. Send my sister. There you go. Yeah, I think your sister. I think Jan. Yeah, Jan. Hey, Jan. <laughs> one of the things that uh, Julia was mentioning about with the uh, she's talking about like vampire makeup, or I would think like something like that. And you got uh, makeup in your videos from the live stuff you did last year at the uh, at the venue. Yeah, and yeah. Also, a video for um, the remix of uh, what was that geek the geek boy remix yes yes for, uh, yeah. for yeah. around the sun yeah 
Oh, around, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what we do. <laughs> that's that's a really cool video and also a cool remix of it as well. I really like the remix of it. Yeah, Geek Boy's great. Like he did. Like I always thought his stuff was really. He just gave us the most interesting and cool. Not yeah, yeah. Everybody else has good stuff too. Yeah, and sound sounded. And that video was uh, directed, and the idea was Gus, Gustavo Cooper, who's a good friend, a great director. We've kind of. We've done several movies with him scoring his stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the video almost looked like it could have been a connected video movie type deal that they were yeah. making. Well, did you recognize uh, the lead girl? No, I didn't. I didn't. Should I? She's in. Um, She's the drummer for Hey Violet. Hey Violet. Oh. So Rena and then Nia is one of the people that dies at the party. So yeah. Hey Violet is mixed in. And yeah. Tim Kelleher gets killed in that as well. <laughs> we killed a bunch of our band friends. So if you actually go through the party scene, we kill you know a lot of people who were in you know pretty big bands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the comments in the uh, one of the comments in the YouTube video mentioned uh, uh, another artist that I'm uh, I'm assuming it's the same artist as Diamante. I don't know if you ever heard of that artist. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. video as well? Yes. Yeah. She what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we killed a lot of people in that video. We watched it. We're buying pizza. Come over. We just have to fall down once we kill you. That's all. Yeah, I, I had had the pleasure of seeing. You can get a lot of musicians in one place if you buy pizza in LA. And booze. And booze. And booze. Right. Right. Yeah. I had the punch bowl was full of punch and alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Except not for the kids. <laughs> for the kids. I saw Diamante twice last year. Once when she was like at a Pine Knob, where it was like a huge venue, and then another one where it was oh, yeah. a really small venue. I got to see her really close up, and she I thought she did a great job, great show. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, she can she, like she can fill a big place and really create something great in a small venue. You know? Yeah, that's no. that's to me that's a, the mark of a great artist. Like you know, there's a lot of people that can really you know hold their own in a certain size venue, and then once they get outside of it, they get dwarfed by it, or you know, or if they're a, bigger artists with lots of dancers and blah, blah, blah. And then they get into a small venue and now they have to really kind of make something happen on an intimate stage. They, they find that very hard, but they're, you know, a great artist. It's like, you know, just shines in all, all venues, you know? Right. Now, is there any artists that you, that you've worked with in the past that have been more challenging or I don't want, maybe you wouldn't would call them out being difficult, but uh, <laughs> just, just ones that you're just like, Whoa, what did I get myself into? Yeah. Other than yeah. Rose, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. He was um, sweet. He's, he's a sweetheart. Yeah. He was sweet. But uh, yeah, I, you know, it's it, Axel's Axel. So he's you know, there's a difficulty in that. But he's, I mean, he's he's a loyal guy. He's a sweet guy. A great artist. Um, you know, it's just getting him. You know, getting him into the studio to work instead of all the you know work the. The lawyers and the, like all me, the, I'm the most difficult artist he's worked with. That's true because I have to be with her all the time. I know. You know? He can't go home. Yeah. <laughs> twenty three years, as you said. Exactly yes. twenty three years. Then there's no getting away from. Um, you know, I've had experiences where I've walked into a situation and I'm listening to the artist. Where you know, and I just think I am not the guy for this. You know, like like I don't get what he's trying to do or she's trying to do you know what I mean and, and normally I have I never have problems with ideas like I'm all I've always got an opinion or like an idea um, and there have been a couple times working with artists where it's like I wasn't the right person and I don't want to steal their money you know what I mean I just rather I'd rather say like I don't get it and I know someone will and someone will be able to bring out of you what you want to accomplish but what you want to do, I don't, I, I can't see that thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I, I don't understand it and I'm kind of against it. And that's no way to do a record. I don't want to just, I don't want to fight someone the whole time. You know what I mean? I'd rather just, I'd rather not do it and have them get someone that will be perfect for what they want to do. Yeah. So the, there have been artists that you said, uh, I'm not going to be able to do this for you and then told them that yeah. find somebody else. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not going to say who they are. <laughs> no. Because in, in, in all cases, it was someone that, like, I really liked. You know what I mean? Like, like and and, and uh, I really was, like, kind of bummed that I, I just didn't, I knew I didn't get it. But it's like, you know, not everybody's going to get everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm supposed to be there. Um, I think Flood said this great when he was like, you know, I'm not making my album. 
I'm making your album, you know, and I want to be I want to be as transparent as I can be, but give you my taste filter. You know what I mean? Like, like, and and I think that's a big thing. And if at one moment you're kind of opposed or not in in um, harmony with the artist as far as what you want to accomplish, then I think that's counterproductive. Yeah, I can understand that. That makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. You know, turning down a high dollar gig back in the day, that you know, that wasn't easy to do. But it it's just the right thing. I mean Christopher Alice. Hi. Sure Don, everybody. Speaking <laughs> over like the thing keeps popping. Nice. Christopher Alice is an amazing drummer. Amazing drummer. We've gotten to play with him several times at the, some of the jam shows around L.A., and it's always a real pleasure. He always just nails it and just it does some beautiful work. Yeah. Well, you know our um, Christmas album, and it's all sort of dreamy yeah. and, um, you know, a lot of kind of jazzy stirring the soup, and we played that with um, Christopher. We played one of the songs with Christopher Alice at the uh, Whiskey and, a Go-Go. And ben White. Yeah, Ben White. And it was, we were both like, this is great. He was, oh, he Ben's just, playing stand-up, and Christopher was just stirring a soup in such a great way, and it was just, it was one of those things where you're playing the songs, and you're just like, this is awesome. And with those um, Ultimate Jam Nights, it's like, you don't rehearse, you just show up. Yeah. You know, it's like, we knew what song we were playing. They were like, well, this is our version of it. Here it is. And then they're yeah. like, okay, cool. And we just literally, when we walk on stage like and you, the first you time. Like trust, <laughs> you trust that they listen to it. And, you know, they and, trust and, that we know it. And then, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was like playing with them was just a dream. They were so great. And like, I've tried to, I'm try, try to get work with Christopher as much as I can. We just did a, um, you better a little... stop. Elias is going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> we just did a, a thing together um, for a, a. Where it's a pitch. Don't want to talk about. It. We don't want to change. That's right. We don't want to change. It's, it's, it. okay. We don't know. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna do more stuff in the future. Yes. Soundtrack stuff wise. It's, he's a great guy to work with. Awesome. Nice. Cool. So during the, all this pandemic stuff, is there you guys had any uh, challenges during that? I mean, that being together twenty four hours a day, pretty much, and you know, all those things are. No, we, we, we're together almost all the time anyway. And to be honest, I came up with the whole eight millimeter idea just so I could spend more time with her because I was working so much and it was like nice to have on times when you're not working to have something that you're working on together, you know? And so, um, and we were really lucky and that when we met, we were both at the right place where we saw each other and we saw who each other really were. And I was like, you know, if you never change, perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that whole thing of like, this, this is great. You know what I mean? And I'm not thinking like, I, I think she's this. It's like, no, I saw who she was and really loved what she was and really liked what she was. Yeah, I mean, we, we get along inordinately well, so it's pretty good. I mean, I miss, you know, going out to restaurants and I miss, you know, hanging out with friends. It's like, but that's, that's kind, kind of, of being in the community. I like being in the community and, yeah. and I do miss that kind of thing. But as far as like being, were, have there been any problems with us being home together 24 seven? No, we do, we actually have gotten pretty good at cooking and we've never done that before. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, cause we usually eat out every day, you know, like all the restaurant tours. You can't tours. take the road out of the boy. Yeah. He was on the road for 20 years and he's like, no. I don't, what do you do in a kitchen? <laughs> yeah, what do you do there? Like, I'm like, I don't know. I, I can order out. I don't, <laughs> I'm not a domesticated animal. It's just not a thing. Yeah. So like, but we you are know, now, I guess. Yeah. I, I feel bad because we aren't, aren't really patronizing our old restaurants and stuff, but we, we're going to break soon. We're going to break soon. Yeah. I just, we passed a, a Popeye's fried chicken today and I was like, if I break, it's going to be for Popeye's. <laughs> it's going to be Popeye's. Okay. I've never oh had a chicken sandwich yet, so I don't, I can't, can't relate. Oh. Dude, I, I, it's not for me. It's just the the, the two piece all white. It's just fried chicken, for spicy like. For me, it's gonna be the Green Dragon, this Chinese oh. restaurant in Eagle Rock. Nice, yeah. There you go. See, I, I'm more like Green uh, Green Dragon. Be my more my style too as well. I like the Chinese. Yeah. Food. Oh, the, the Chinese like, and they're great. Like the food's so well prepared. We go there so great often, people. or we did go there so often. It's like if we went out of town for a week and then we'd come back, they were like. We were worried. You kind of have to tell us when you're going to leave town because we were thinking, like, do we call for a welfare check? Do we find out if they're dead? 
And it got to it where in the holidays, the the owner, the dad, like it's a family-owned restaurant, and the dad would come out and he'd go for the, the reverb. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he'd go, uh, he'd come out with his calendar. And he's like, okay, my daughter graduates here, so we're going to close for three days. And he'd go through, so we knew which days. So, so we wouldn't starve. <laughs> yeah, so we had to make provisions for when they were closed. Yeah, yeah, make sure you're synchronized. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was, it was good. Yeah. Did you guys have you guys during this pandemic stuff written any new stuff too? We've kind of been too busy. Like yeah, I mean writing any new songs. No, because so. I mean he's most, been mixing. Yeah, I've been working with other bands and doing a lot of co-produce. Like they people have been sending me stuff, and obviously it's pandemic, so you can't really work together that much. But they've been sending me stuff and then like telling me to kind of just do whatever I want with it and then mix it and then send it to them. So I've been doing a lot of that. So I, I'm like it's like constant working on music you know i mean and that's one of the other things about one of the reasons why our output is always so kind of staggered and a long long periods of time between it's like i think right before we did um the last record heart shaped hell i had written like 235 pieces of music before that for films that i've been working on you know like little cues and stuff you know yeah. It's like it's hot. like when you're writing that much music, it's like hard to, to stop and do more music. Like we literally, I think I got through with writing a bunch, doing a bunch of stuff for movies, and then I was supposed to work on Three Teeth, you know, for their next record because we had worked on I had worked on the last record, and uh, we had it all together. Sony Red had gotten it together, and and it was going to happen. And then we got some stuff from the demos, and the A and R guy, Mike Gitters, and I were like. We really need to have them focus on these, this, like songs like these songs. You know what I mean? To to get it. So we we had a meeting with them and we kind of pushed them back another month where it was going to be writing more with mm -hmm. with this direction. And um and they were like it kind of they got really excited about it. You know what I mean? And and so it was like it was going to be a cool month for them to work. And then at the end of that month, I was going to come in for like two weeks and we we're going to just like hash over those songs, fix them up and then kind of like get ready to record the record. So all of a sudden there was like a month available. We were like, let's do an EP now. <laughs> so we, we literally <laughs> sat down and started, um, I started writing the super weird intro to uh, move with me. Yeah. Move with me. And, um, and we were like, let's just make the craziest, like most esoteric record, you know what I mean? And then it just became like kind of the most pop record we ever wrote. And it's like, but it was, it was just that the thing of like, let's just sit down and do it. And I mean, we literally wrote songs like, and we had that record done in a month. It was like three weeks or something where yeah. it was finished. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. You guys wrote that fast. I didn't realize. I, yeah, I figured you guys were working on it for like a year. Yeah. Like, no, it was, it was super fast. And I don't think we've ever spent more than two months working on a record. Yeah. We, cause, because, like we said, because of his schedule and everything, working with other bands, and, or if I'm working on a movie or something, it's always, okay, we have the, do you want to do this now? Yeah, we've got a month. And we kind of have to get in and do it. And yeah, it's yeah, because you, you had just finished something or you were going to... I'd one, come uh, back from Puerto Rico? No, no. You'd come back from somewhere, and and like she, she was produ like a producer on something, and it was just it was one of those things where it all lined up, and we had a month where we had nothing that was on on, on the schedule. Stock. So it was like, so was like we can be on the schedule now. <laughs> <laughs> we can put ourselves wow. on. Yeah, <laughs> and we also kind of need that pressure of you know, okay, you've got three weeks, you know, and this is all the time, so that's good for us. And I think everybody works better with a deadline. You know, I can't, yeah. I and I, I can't hang out for six months trying to finish six songs I yeah and we like it's thing. we knew like we had been talking about making a record for probably probably eight months we just talking about because we were ready to write again like it was yeah we were and, and we were and i'm one of those guys I, because because everything is available and you can kind of make any record you know now like i could literally make an orchestral record or whatever i mean like it was but um we kind of have to decide what the palette of sounds is going to be and what the emotions of the tracks are going to be. And once we get that together, then we, then f the sound designing for it is much faster because yeah. the sound what's the mood, what's the, yeah, yeah. can be laborious. So I kind of, once I had that stuff together and I had been kind of writing some, making some sounds up and stuff and, and for, for some of the film stuff we'd 
doing. And so I knew that like there were, there was a palette of stuff that I'd already kind of designed that would work really, really well for it. And so, and we knew that we wanted to do like something that had elements of obviously our, our trip hop bass and stuff like that, but we wanted to add elements of like future bass in it and, and like a, a bunch of newer stuff that was happening. Um, and some of the old stuff that we really love, like some, some blues influence in that and some, you know, so we were, we knew what we wanted to do. So when that month came up, it was like, ready to go, 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 go. Yeah. Right. It was exactly. And it was fast. Yeah. It was fast. Sonically, it's one of my favorite records for sure. Yeah. I I like it a lot. And my favorite song off the album, of course, is Super Crush. And I I, I was hoping you guys were done that on Saturday during the live, live still do an acoustic version of Super Crush. I haven't, I haven't worked. I've only worked up, that I've only worked up self-inflicted yet on the because the acoustic versions are always so uh, you have to come up with a whole new vibe on it, you know. Um, yeah, but challenging though. Yeah, Super Crush is going to be really fun though. That that's that that's that's one I'm I'm working up, and uh, the other one uh, was uh, maybe it'll be in uh, volume two. You guys do strong. Yes, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Okay, these are fun to do and. It's I've always liked it. I've always liked when bands do acoustic versions of other songs, harder stuff. It gives a d- different perspective on the songs and exactly. You know. yeah. I because we we got that from we did a version of uh, Bad Moon R- Rising, a uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like we'd always loved that song. And of course, John Fogerty, incredible singer, and and it's got such a kind of upbeat, you know, da 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 da. And I've just we always liked the melody line and his vocal on it and stuff. And then I started slowing it down and making it a little more Mazzy Starish. And then you realize, like, just How the, sad the song is. Yeah, the depth of the lyrics and it's like it's so like, brilliant, but it's just yeah. such a sad song. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it's like you discover things anew. You know what I mean? Like when you do it, mm-hmm. and that's I think we do the same thing when we when we work on our own songs. It's like you start to discover, you find mo- new moments. Yeah, I think doing that, like uh, like with Deep Blue You and stuff, we like where you kind of start realizing more about what the song's actually about than you did when you even wrote it. You know, because hmm. you're only tangentially cognizant of where things come from. You know, where lyrics come from or whatever. You know. Um, and you always know like kind of the universal thing of what you're writing, but then there are some specific stuff where you realize, Oh wow. That's I'm like, I wrote that about this. Like I didn't even know that that was that, you yeah. know, like it's, <laughs> it's cool. You know, like, that's, you didn't know about it until you actually got stripped down and played acoustic. Yeah. And, that, yeah. That's what, that's, and you realize like, deep. Oh, wow. That lyric is really about this. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, like, yeah. You guys want to go into another one real quick before and then we'll uh, kind of wrap it up after that. Um, you want to do uh, save me? Want to do a cover? Or you want to do oh. a, you want to do like a cover or you cover would be awesome? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Go for it. Just trying to. Oh, oh, you you did. Oh no, I didn't. Is the oh, reverb? Right? Muted. Here, hold on. See, oh, it's like a guitar sounds really dry.
of the freaks who suspect they could never love anyone. He struck me down like radio. Like Peter Pan or Superman, you will come to save me. Come on and save me if you. From the ranks of the freaks who suspect they could never love anyone, but the freaks who suspect they could never love anyone, except the freaks who could never love anyone. Yes. Oh, nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Seven sounds so good. <laughs> you guys miss playing live I mean, cause you don't, yes. when you guys do it like this it's just me clapping nope, you can't hear anybody else clapping it's kind of <laughs> I know and we kind of love the audience like yeah the audience participation yeah. of everything yeah the audience that's, yeah. that's literally the hardest that's thing the hardest thing about this whole situation we I mean we even when we're not playing out with the band we at least you know, once a month or every other month, we go and do play sound with, check live or ultimate jam. Like just yeah, get on stage with a bunch of people and and play yeah. you know fun songs and and it's just playing. You know, Juliet's a ham, so you know she needs to be. <laughs> it it is. I, I'm definitely uh, depleting that store. I, I need it, and you know, and I just I miss. I miss other players, other singers. I miss, you know, the chaos. And I miss, the, you know, people watching, you know, and the interaction uh, with the audience and people in the room. Yeah. I miss and we, people. We are, um, I hate to say, like, we are blessed. That sounds so awful. But, um, like, we're so lucky that over the years we've just made such good friends with so many great musicians and such wonderful people, you know. And, and we get to play in our band with these great people, you know, like having Johnny Radke come in and, and play guitar and sing and, and, and write with us on the last record as I've well. I've got him listed as a band member now, Johnny's, yeah. Johnny's He's a band member, yeah. We've known him for wow. as long as you've been following us. <laughs> yeah. Since for, for Never and Ever, right? Yeah, yeah. since For Never and their, Ever. Their record, but yeah. he's he's Hannah's debut record. And that, that's where we, that's yeah. where Juliet first sang that record. So. Yeah. Oh yeah? Wow. Yeah. And, uh, so it's you know and we you know Elias Malin plays when you know, he plays with Kesha and he he plays for us you know when when we have time to do it and and it's so it's just so fun when you get to play. hit the reverb too when you get a chance oh yeah oh, sorry there we go there we go um, it's like it's so fun to be able to play with people you love uh, I miss yeah. Sherdon <laughs> he's not like I love you I miss you so much. <laughs> I think at our housewarming party when we moved in here, I think he and I sat for an hour just giggling, watching fireworks or something in the background. <laughs> you know, it was him and Gary Newman and me and Shredon. That's like, right. Oh, I love it. Wow. So many I miss people. Yeah, I know. I, I miss oh. missed going out to, to seeing bands live and, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I just can't wait till we can do it again, hopefully soon. That's all I have to yeah. say. It'll, so. it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen, I know. Is there, speaking of like, you were talking about missing bands, and is there any up-and-coming bands or artists that you are into? Or Yeah. Um, you mentioned Billie Eilish, but she's kind of hit it big now. She's kind of up. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of up already. Uh, up. Actually, um, one of the bands that he's been working with, I mean, uh, actually, the, the whole recent batch has been really cool. Um, Programmable Animals is, or is it Animal? Animal. Yeah. Animal. Programmable Animal. They're really cool. I think you'll like them. Yeah, so, from Chicago. They're yeah, great, from Chicago. I think you really band. like them. Um, um, they, the, they're on Instagram and they just, they actually just, uh, kind of released a snippet of their first video from our EP, the EP we did. And, uh, it came out really, really yeah. good. And, uh, his voice is incredible. Yeah. It, it was, it's just really impressive. Yeah. So 
I recommend checking oh. them out. Um, yeah, he's like he's like Maynard and Serge Tankian had crammed a baby. together. It's, you know what I mean? Like, oh wow! Yeah. This facility is amazing and just yeah. it's so emotional. It's yeah, good. yeah, and 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 just a great band. I mean, they, like his guitar playing is great, and the drummer is really awesome, and um, they're. I, it's the music's really powerful, really powerful. Yeah. Dark and lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? Nice. I don't know. You're the no. you're the music person. I know. Um, I mean, I, that's so, like just people sir. been in the house. Like the Union out of Denver. I think they're really cool. He's Smoking. mixing a song for them right now, and yeah, the they're union. crazy good. The yeah. Union, yeah. yeah. The, really. the combination of uh, like all these different musical genres they put together, like it's just incredible. Like, like Grimes and Manson had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like a female front. It's like just really, I think they're pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, the Union is a female front of band too? Yeah. 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 yeah oh, yeah. nice. Okay. Yeah. And, she, and, a, and, a, and she's got one of those voices that just Electro kind of heavy type yeah. thing. Cool. Yeah. That's a good one. I like it. <laughs> There's there's a band out of Detroit that's going to start getting big. They've got a new album coming out that's is a female fronted band. They're they're more of a rock oriented, but it's called Fall Prey. And the I've known the the band, the the lead singer and the guitarist for gosh probably about ten ten or so years. And she's got an incredible voice that's just oh, like cool. brings shivers whenever you hear her voice. And it's just it's one of those bands that gets stuck in your head. So if you ever hear of Fall Prey when when you hear about it, they're on a re same record recording label as uh, uh, Five Finger Death Punch and uh, oh yeah yeah okay yeah. right, cool. Yeah, did, did they work with Chirk, Kevin Chirko and? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Oh. They they did a, a a song for they did a video for um I can't remember it's escaping me right now but they did a, a, the the lead singer Amanda she was in the video for a, a song that just came out six or seven months ago for for one of the bands on their label. I oh, cool! Right now, oh, yeah. so. <laughs> no, they're good. Like um, uh, Kane Kane Chirko mixed uh, the last uh, Shining record. Oh, we did. okay. Yeah, Animal, yeah. He did a great job. And I'm like a big fan of Kevin, his dad. Like, he's great, great mixer. Nice. Know, like, those guys are did, do great work. Yeah. Very cool. Well, your new album, or new EP, I guess you'd call it, comes out tomorrow. Strip yes. Volume 1, which is going to have a bunch of uh, strip songs of acoustic stuff of uh, all all different catalogs. Not just one album, but a different, different a EP them, and album, yeah. right? I think the only ones were, uh, we, did we do anything from... Uh, I don't think anything from uh, the last two records. No, we didn't. Nothing from the last two records. Oh, okay. Because we're, we're saving that for volume two. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then also tomorrow's the compilation from uh, Bank Robber Music, which is our um, licensing agent. It's called Talk Minus Action Equals Zero. I'll give you, send you the link. Like I said at the beginning of this, they just sent it to me. But all proceeds go to Black Visions Collective out of Minneapolis. So it's just... They needed to do something. They went to the roster and said, hey, we're going to put this out and all the proceeds are going to this because we need to support Black Lives Matter. And we're like, right. take anything you need, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, my and, friend, like, and obviously it's... In the chat, my friend James in the chat says he will donate money if you guys will sing her, a favorite, your favorite Tori Amos song, $50. Oh, oh like, <laughs> wow. How are you going to play that on guitar? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, um, my God. Wow, you know, I would love... I would love right. to be able to do that for you right away, but I don't really know any Tori songs on guitar. On guitar, right? I don't yeah. think you know on piano either. No, I'm yeah. not very good at piano. Not as good as she is. Jesus, yeah. she's amazing. Yeah, no. I did. I did. I tell you my Tori Amos story, though. She, yeah, um, please. We were working on uh, "Past the Mission," the song, um, and Great she song. Uh, she was we were she came up to uh, the Tate House when we were doing "Downward Spiral." Mm -hmm. And uh, she came in and wanted him to sing on Past the Mission, the song. And, and she was describing it to me and stuff. And then she, she goes, well, I really want him to sing this. And she was in my ear. And she sang the part mm -hmm. in my ear. It's like Tori Amos singing in your ear. I, <laughs> I like, literally almost passed out. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah no doubt. Wow. It it's Past the Mission, the one I started. I don't believe I went too far. Yeah, I don't yeah. have any reverb, do I? <laughs> Said I was willing, willing. I don't, yeah, it's yeah. hard without the piano. Yeah, yeah, she's willing. great though. That's all I got, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, Juliet does a pretty good uh, Tory impression, actually. Maybe a mockingbird is what I am. Yeah, well, but, uh, it's, yeah, she was great. Duet with her sometime, maybe. Oh there my God, go. she'd blow me out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> she's so good, but yeah. Yeah, I've been a big, big Tori fan for her. I got to see her one time, one time live when she was with uh, Alanis Morissette. Yeah, the two of them did a tour together. I got to see them live, real close up. I was like, I was like, 
third or fourth row. It's incredible. Oh, nice. That's a powerful nice. show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was a great show. Yeah, and Alanis is she's a great, great girl, a great person. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, when we all this pandemic stuff is done, any plans of maybe getting out and doing a little tour to, and maybe come back we, to Detroit? Yes, we want to do that. As soon as they let us out. As soon as they let us out. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we it's funny we were so we did that uh, live Halloween show, you know what I mean? And we were getting it together to kind of do a, be able to do a tour really quickly. Kind of working on lights and sort of production yeah, and what we want to travel with it all and together how, and, and then, we're really in the process of that. And then it was 2020 said throw away all your plans yeah exactly yeah. but we i mean we we have it all together we just have to do it and then we'll have to i mean there's gonna be so many you know crazy things when once touring goes back you know it's gonna be a nightmare trying to get the guys all together to tour but that's just normal band stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happens with band stuff you have to get them all to the same place at the same time and yeah. our guys yeah. actually i mean our i mean are great it's usually not as bad as other bands our bands better than other bands that's scheduling true. they're professional schedulers they're pretty good yeah they're really good at it actually so good <laughs> well i can't wait to see you guys come back to detroit i know me and ronald would love to see you guys sooner than later so yeah, yeah. us too yeah, yeah we'd love to be back and hang out with you guys also because i mean like you said you like you're, you're about the people and i'd love to hang out with you guys and just have uh, some drinks or something like that too like, oh like, yeah It'd be i so think fun. the last time you were in detroit i think we hung out with you guys for a little bit after the show yeah, yeah. We did. It's yeah, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I always like to go to Detroit because I get to see my mom too in, in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Close. You know what I mean? It's like an hour and a half away or whatever. Yeah. Two, two hours away. Yeah. Not very far at all. You could just, you know, take a yeah. shoot to Cleveland, three hours. Yeah. At, at most. Yeah. Love it. I don't know. It's all up there. <laughs> it's all, all up there. There's lakes. That Indian and burial ground. And it's all <laughs> weird. Indian burial ground, right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for uh, hanging out with me for like a little over an hour now. Really appreciate it. Oh, of course, thanks for you talking to you guys. It needs to be yeah. not not ten years next time. I mean, just less than ten years. Yeah, can yeah. we do that? Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, let's 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 do that. If we don't get hit by an asteroid, because I hear that's coming, you know. So <laughs> if if that's then yes, let's do this again soon. Yeah. And donate to bailproject.com. Yes. Oh, and also if you go to our Instagram and I think both of our personal Instagrams, the link in bio right now, I have like a national uh, list of ways you can support the Black Lives Matter movement, um, bail funds, uh, the Black Visions Collective. Uh, it's just all sorts of resources. It's a really well-organized, click it once, and then anything you want to do to help, it's, okay. it's all laid out for you. So yeah. go check it out. Yeah, 8mmlovesyou.com and uh, 8mmofficial.bandcamp.com for the album or EP tomorrow. Yes, yes sir. Too, as well tomorrow. And then yeah. I'll check out Thank there. So. so, 